you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Isn't he amazing? Isaiah chapter 14. If you have your Bibles, I'm cognitive of the time today and recognize that we have done a lot of celebration today in the service already. So I'll try not to keep you too long. But I want to bring a word today from Isaiah chapter 14, one verse, verse number 24 of Isaiah chapter 14. Amen. I look forward to service tonight, getting back together, excited about what the Lord is going to do in our midst today. Amen. Isaiah 14, verse 24, the Lord of hosts has sworn, as I have planned, so shall it be. As I have planned, the Lord says, so shall it be. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. With the help of the Lord today, I'm going to just speak to you for a little bit about God's plan for your life. God's plan for your life. Lord, help us today to speak what you have put in my spirit, and Lord, I pray that your word affects every heart and every life that is in this room today. We honor you, we thank you, we give you praise, in Jesus' name, amen. Turn to two or three people by you and tell them God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. You look good this morning, by the way. God bless you. You can be seated. Whether you realize it or not, God does have a plan for your life. And just because we change or just because we make mistakes or just because we walk away or just because we ignore God's plan or even for some, even though we may refuse God's plan, God still has a plan and it is still at work in our life. If I understand the scripture correctly, man's heart does choose his path, but God directs his footsteps. Meaning that regardless of the good or bad decisions that we make, it's really God that has taken our feet and keeping us from total destruction. Besides the plan of God in our life, everything else that we plan for is temporal. It's connected to the here and now. 
our troubles and struggles and tests and trials and pain and sickness, all of these things really are temporal. Regardless whether you're dealing with pain in your body today, that pain is temporal. It's not eternal. But God's plan for your life is not a temporal plan. Meaning that God does not build a plan for your life just to make you happy here and feel good in the here and now and everything wonderful in life now and uh, life's just a bed of roses in the here and now and have no plan beyond. I do believe that God wants to bless your life here. The scripture said that he came to give us life, but it also said he came to give us a more abundant life, which means there is something beyond just the blessings in the here and now. There is a plan that is greater than the temporal, and that plan that God has for our life is eternal. Somebody shout amen. And the plan that God has for your life is always working for your good. The question was raised then, why does, the God, why does God allow the devil to buffet us through afflictions? Why do good things, why do bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people? And, and uh, why does God allow all of these things to come? And why, why are we constantly in a warfare and seemingly that we make good decisions and everything seems good for a few days and all of a sudden we find ourselves stressed out? I know I'm not talking to anybody here today. I know none of you even are relating to what I'm talking about, but you make, you make good decisions, think you're on the right track, all of a sudden to be met with some issues. You get a good education and then struggle to find a job in your field. You do a good job at work and it seems that somebody else gets the promotion and, and no matter how much money you make, we always need a little more. I know y'all aren't going to help the preacher this morning. First of all, God allows Satan to buffet us because I know that God has confidence in you that like Job, you will not fail him because of the afflictions in your life. I, I've, I've never really understood why people that have a grip on Scripture, uh, uh, now people that don't have an understanding of the Word of God, I can relate, but when you get a grip on Scripture, it's difficult for me to understand the reason why that we allow temporal things in life to rob us of our real joy in life. Why do we allow temporal things to rob us of the peace that God has given us? I rise to this pulpit this morning to remind you that some trials in your life are not brought on by the enemy. But some trials in your life are compliments of God himself. Did you notice that the Bible says of the children of Israel, God suffered them to hunger? What in the world are we talking about? God actually allowed the children of Israel to become hungry? Exactly. God allowed them to become hungry. That means God let them get hungry. He let them get thirsty. He let them get in tight places where the only option that they had was to cry out to Him. 
Why did God let them get hungry? Because they were ignoring God. They thought they were sufficient within themselves. They thought that they could make it on their own. And so they were trying to do it by their own reasoning, by their own way. And they had to get thirsty until they are crying out before God said, All right, Moses, go ahead and go ahead and speak to the rock, and I'll give you some water. He had to wait for them to get hungry before God said, All right, I'm going to go ahead and send them some quail and some manna. Because where we are is failing to understand that God has a plan that is greater than our temporal thinking. Our temporal thinking is about how blessed I am. Right now, I'd like to see my wife healthy. I'd like to see a little help in my bank account. Our vehicles have a lot of miles on them, and I've got clothes with buttons popping off of them. Well, never mind that that may be my fault. My shoes wear out. I have, you know, there's some things I can start wishing for. But everything that I start talking about is temporal. It's in the here and now. But I want you to understand today that God's plan for your life is greater than how much money you have or how nice of a house you live in or what name brand clothes you wear and all of the things that we think about in the here and now. Am I talking to anybody today that knows that sometimes we get ourselves in trouble by bad decisions and sometimes we get ourselves in trouble by ignoring God and thinking we haven't made on our own until God allows us to get hungry. He allows us to get in a place where our back is against the wall. He allows us to stand with a red sea before us not knowing what we're going to do before he sends a word and tells us that there is a way out. He lets us get in the fiery furnace. He sends us into a lion's den. He will allow us to wait before he fulfills his promise. Why does God allow all of this? I believe so he can prove us. So he can put our faith to the test and reach the point of understanding, I know that God will see me through. If I called some of the needs that I know are in this church today and it seemed to be insurmountable in some people's lives and I spoke to some of the others that are in this house today that have been there time and time again and seen God come through and seen God come forth you would look at somebody else's problem and think well that's nothing God's seen me through that many many times but for the person that has their back against the wall it seems insurmountable but when you have been proven a few times, you look at that situation and say, ah, God's got this. Ah, God's going to make a way for them. God's going to work it out. God's going to fix it. The issue is we get our mind on temporal things. And we start speaking to God. One of the biggest issues that I find in working with people that, that are struggling with God's timing is that we start saying, well, I'm going to go on the fast or I'm going to pray for, for 20 days or I'm going to go on a fast for 10 days or I'm going to fast until God answers. I'm going to try to force God's hand to do it in my time. 
A day with the Lord is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like a day. If you start trying to force God's hand when it comes to time, you are completely not understanding God, that he is not locked within the confines of time. See, we're, we're bound within the confines of time. The Bible says we're promised about 70 years, give or take. And, and, and other than that, we, we don't. We're, life itself is temporal. It's like a vapor. It's here today and it's gone. It's like a cloud that comes and then lifts. It fades away. God's looking at, at everything and he's not looking at the 70 years we have. He's looking at the grand picture. He's looking at your family being saved, your children being saved, your grandchildren being saved. He's looking at things beyond where we are. He's not just looking at this short life. He's looking at the grand scheme saying they need to wait so I can work this out and that out and this out because I've got a bigger plan than what they are seeing. So we, because of our finite thinking, misunderstanding God's infinite thinking, we think that God is against us because he doesn't answer a prayer the day we pray it. We think God's not answering prayer because he doesn't do it in our time. The Bible teaches me that that's asking a miss. Meaning that we're telling God, God, in three days I need this to happen. It's all right to tell God that and remind God I think he has a sense of humor and chuckles. And says, really? Three days, huh? I have in mind to give it to you today. Oh, three days? See, you don't understand. If I give you that in three days, it's not going to affect anybody else. But if I cause you to wait, I've got some miracles to bring in your life that's going to cause your family to be saved and your... There's going to be testimonies that's going to come out of it. So here we are in the stress of it, under the burden of it, under the load of it, wondering, God, what are you doing? I don't understand why you're not answering. And God's saying, I have a plan all alone. Your healing will come in my time. Your victory will come in my time. Your deliverance will come in my time. I have a plan, and it's going to do you good, not in the temporal, but in the latter end, his word declares. Your storm's not going to last always. That emotional battle isn't eternal. That financial struggle isn't going to last for your entire life. That sickness is not intended to be eternal. That job that makes you miserable doesn't have to be for a lifetime. That problem that makes you cry is not always going to stress you out. God has a plan. Listen, you can be seated. Pain is temporal. But quitting can be an eternal decision. So if I'm talking to anybody today that's been discouraged to the point of saying, I'm not sure it's worth it. Maybe I feel like giving up. Maybe I feel like I'm trying to speak to somebody what I just felt God put in my spirit. I know this isn't a fancy message today. And I know it's not coming across like some kind of fancy message. And it may not, may not make you run aisles and jump and leap and turn cartwheels in the front of the church today. But I'm here to tell you that most of the things you're dealing with in life are temporal. Yeah. 
other than the salvation of your soul, it is temporal. You may be crying today, but you'll be smiling again in a little while. You may be broke today, but you'll have more than enough in a little while. You may be in pain today, but healing is coming in God's time. You may be walking through the valley today, but victory is on its way. You may be under the pressure of it today, but God is not under the pressure. God is looking at it and saying, I got a plan. I'm working it. I haven't forgotten you. I see where you are, and I'm working it to benefit you on the latter end. I know the plans I have for thee, saith the Lord. Not to kill you and destroy you, but to give you hope and a future and to bless you in the latter end. Listen, we don't tear out the plumbing just because the water gets shut off. Anybody ever been broke? You don't have to raise your hand. Anybody ever been so broke your water gets turned off? It's all right, Brother Hector. That's fine. You don't have to be so honest. A bunch of the rest of us have too. We're just dressed up in suits and ties today trying to act like we're all, you got it all together. You ever had your electricity turned off because you didn't have the money to pay it? You don't go rip out all the electrical wires because you don't have the money. You start hoping, I'm... Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to work extra hours. I'm going to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get down there. I'm going to get that bill paid. And we're going to get the electric. Well, things aren't going my way. I'm just going to give up on God. Just going to quit the church. Just going to go back to my old life. It's just temporary. When the lights go out because of a storm, we don't fire the electric company. We call and bug them every hour. Don't you know you need to keep those limbs trimmed away from those power lines? Because storms are going to come. Power goes out. We don't fire them. We know it's just temporary. It'll be back on in a little while. Get in the car and go for a drive through the countryside. Come back by and check it in a little while. And if it's not good, drive a little longer. Nobody enjoys them, but there's a positive side to the storms of life. It causes us to appreciate the blessings of the Lord. You live a day or two without electricity. Anybody remember, I know none of these young people is going to remember this. I think it was about 1991 when an ice storm came through north central Indiana. Anybody remember that? I think we were 10 or 12 days without power. You all remember that? When the lights came back on, how many of you know you were appreciating? Like where in the world, how did they do it way back then? How did they make it? You appreciated it. See, here's the point. The wilderness for God's people when they were wandering 40 years through the wilderness. The wilderness was not designed to be fun. I just don't understand it. I've just got one problem and another problem and another issue. The issue is this life is not where our hope is supposed to be. 
Somebody jokingly said to me the other day, you kill me. I said, hey, don't threaten me with heaven. But see, we lose sight of that. We want the fun and the enjoyment and the blessings and everything here and now. We want it to be all about here instead of understanding that this world is not our home. This isn't supposed to be as enjoyable as our thoughts about the city in which we are going to. The wilderness was not designed to be fun and festive. It wasn't supposed to be comfortable and enjoyable. It was supposed to be difficult and undesirable. It was supposed to be hot during the day and freezing cold at night. The ground was supposed to be hard when they had to sleep on it. They were supposed to get hungry and they were supposed to get thirsty and they were supposed to hate the wilderness and find it undesirable. They were supposed to hate the surroundings of deadly and poisonous snakes and scorpions. They were supposed to love God and be thankful for his daily provisions but hate the wilderness because God intended for it to be temporary. It was a 13-day journey that the children of Israel launched out on. Took them 40 years because they followed a cloud that God put up and said, follow this cloud during the day. And at night, here, I'm going, to put a, I'm going to put a pillar of fire. And you're going to follow the fire around at night. And so here they are, getting up, following the cloud, following the cloud. Hey, God, aren't you leading me? Yep, 13-day journey is going to take 40 years because of your unbelief, because of your unwillingness to submit to my plan, because of I've got to take you a long way around until some generations die off, until some new generations come into leadership before I can ever take you into the promised land. The problem was, in 40 years, they got adjusted to the wilderness mentality and got comfortable just getting by, satisfied with just enough. You know what I mean? We feel blessed if we've got enough gas in the car, enough money to keep the lights on, enough food to survive, just enough peace to keep my sanity but not enough to sleep at night just enough faith to believe I'll go to heaven when I die but not enough faith to believe that I can walk in divine health and healing and hope and deliverance He in the here and the now yes God gave them just enough he gave them manna from heaven water from a rock clothes that didn't wear out shoes that didn't wear out but they complained they wanted it different they wanted it their way they were thinking in terms of temporal things but all of that was just provision for the journey it was designed designed to sustain them until they came into their promised land. I hope I'm making my, my, my point clear. I'm going to wrap this up in the next five minutes if I can and if you'll help me today. But I'm trying to tell some of us that we are discouraged because everything is not going the way we think it could while we're wandering through the wilderness saying, God, I think I'm following your plan. God, I think this is where you want me to be. God, I, I'm following the, 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 the Spirit. I'm, I'm led by your voice. God, I'm following 
following the cloud. I'm following the fire. God, I'm wandering around. And the Lord is saying, keep on, keep on, keep on. I'm trying to fix some things in your heart because you're thinking temporally. But as soon as you get the promised land in view, I'm going to open the door for you to step through. This life is not intended to bring you everything you ever hoped for and more. He came to give us life, but it is the more abundant life that we need to be looking for. I'm trying to help somebody just because you're under the stress of it today doesn't mean you're always going to be. God has a plan and a purpose for what he is doing in your life. I'm speaking to the church today to tell you let go of the temporary. Let go of the temporal. Let go of what gives you the feel goods and start saying I've got my eyes on a prize. I've got my eyes on the city whose builder and maker is God. There's going to be no more pain and no more sorrow and no more grief and no more and most of all Jesus is going to be there and I'm going to have a new body and my family's going to be saved in the process this is temporary that is eternal stand with me the apostle Paul said the light afflictions which are but for a moment. He called them light afflictions. You know why? Because they're not eternal. You want to know what heavy afflictions are? To think my family's going to be lost. Light afflictions is the pain and suffering of this life. Paul said that our light afflictions, which are but for a moment, may work a more purposeful, a more eternal, a more heavenly, reward for us the good news today is that in your darkest hour God's still working for you God does his best work in the chaos of your life because when your back gets against the wall and you don't know what you're going to do we, I doubt there's anybody in this room that, that doesn't have the same response when you don't know what else to do and you feel completely helpless and hopeless the one thing we do is we say God you're all I've got left and the Lord is just wanting us to say, God, you don't have to take me down to nothing until you're all I've got left. God, you're all that matters. Nothing else matters. It's all temporal. Nothing else matters. You're all that matters. And the Lord, at that point, I believe, will come on the scene for you. He doesn't have to take us until our back is against the wall and we have nowhere else to turn. Let's turn to him today. Say nothing else matters, God, but you. I'm putting my life into your hands. I'm putting my family into your hands. I'm putting my hope into your hands. If you're in this room today and you know that I've talked to you because you're one of the ones that's struggling and you're questioning and you're wondering, God, I'm trying to do the right things, but I feel, I feel so overloaded. What you need to do today is you need to walk to the front of this room and just lift your hands as a sign of surrender unto the Lord and just declare unto him, God, I'm giving up today. It's no longer my battle. It's yours. I'm getting my eyes off of the temporary. I'm getting my eyes off of the world that is around me, and I'm looking to a hope that is beyond this world. God, I want to follow your plan and your purpose. I don't have to go the long way around, God, whatever you want to do. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost today, it's a good day to come and just surrender and say, God, I'm tired of fighting it. 
today, God, I'm coming. I'm tired of struggling with it and fighting it. Today, God, you have a gift for me. I've repented of my sins. I've been baptized in Jesus' name. And if you haven't, you should. And when you repent of your sins and you're baptized in Jesus' name, the gift of the Holy Ghost is yours. You should walk to the front of this room, lift your hands, and say, I surrender my life, my heart, my soul, my mind, my thoughts, and my tongue. And I give it all to you today, and he will fill you with a baptism of his spirit. He is with you today. He is for you today. He has not forgotten you. That's it. Keep filling up the front of this room today. What you're dealing with is light afflictions. What I'm preaching about is the eternal things. We're going to get our eyes on the eternal today. God's got a plan that is greater than anything you could possibly imagine. We're not looking to the things which are seen, but we're looking to a hope that is beyond this veil of tears. Come on, yield your heart to the Lord right now. Everybody in the building with lifted hands all over the room, even if you didn't come forward, engage in this altar call today. Submit to Him until you see your sickness healed. Submit to Him today until you see your brokenness put back together. He'll put your broken pieces together. See yourself blessed. See yourself healed. See your children saved. See your life restored. See your anointing coming. See your finances blessed. See your ministry being launched. Come on, see it through eyes of faith today. Look to the eternal things today. Come on, all over the room now, lift up your voice with those lifted hands and begin to cry out to the Lord today. Begin to seek Him right now. Come on, don't be ashamed to lift your voice. Don't be ashamed to allow the tears to flow. Cry out to Him today. He has a plan for you.